Hey, broken salespeople. So today we're going to talk about the psychology of the salesperson, i.e., are we made by nature or by nurture? Is it natural or are great salespeople built? That's what we're discussing on this episode of the Broken Salespeople podcast. Hey, broken salespeople. Uh, welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. So this week was a pretty good week for me. Um, I was just mentioned in psychology today. A friend of the show, Michael Shine, um, the author of Anatomy of Hype. Um, I interviewed him earlier this year. Mentioned me in an article, the 21 podcast, the 21 psychology podcast that all business people should listen to. Um, it was an excellent art article. Um, please read it. I'll make sure I'll put a link in the description below on either the podcast or the website. Make sure you go and read that article. There's a ton of great information on there, not just from me, but from a lot of other podcasters as well. If you like my style, um, there we share a lot of the same ideals. So in honor of the Psychology Today article, I want to talk about a big overarching topic that you see a lot in psychology. That is nature versus nurture. I know that's a big one. Um, so let me say this to start, like preempt everything else. Obviously, <laughs> both of these play a part in who you are and your ability to sell. If I did not believe that there was some ability to nurture sales skills, I would not host a sales podcast. I feel like that should be obvious. If I thought that everything was predetermined as soon as you come out and you're eight pounds and six ounces, there would be zero point to me hosting these kinds of trainings. Um, my job is to help nurture the abilities as well. What I want to talk about today is some of the ways your nature, some of the biological things may impact your ability to do sales. So I've broken this down into three ways um, that your nature and your early childhood development can help or hurt you make sales. None of these things are insurmountable, but these three things I think dictate the style of sales that you use, your ability to sell, all of that kind of stuff. So let's break them down. One, I'm going to say introversion versus extroversion. Um, this may not impact your ability to make sales, but it may impact the kind of sales you are best at. Two is listening slash empathy. And three is your ability to simplify great ideas, simple, simplify complex ideas. So let's start with introversion versus extroversion. So I've talked about this before. Both introverts and extroverts can make great salespeople. Doesn't matter which you are. But it may matter what field you'll be better suited for. Me as an introvert, I am better with relationship long-term based sales as opposed to heavy prospecting style sales. A large number of conversations is not what I need. It drains me. However, a small number of deep conversations where we're diving into real problems can invigorate me. 
Every human being, no matter how much they pretend, needs other people. They need that emotional touch. But the way that people need it and the way that people get it can be different. Uh, the way Carl Jung explained it is introverts recharge by being alone. Extroverts recharge by being in a group. Think about your Friday nights, end of a busy week. Do you want to go to a bar with your friends or do you want to sit alone and play video games? Neither is the wrong option, but you need to know which appeals to you more at the end of that busy week. I'm the introvert. I like to be in the basement. I like that quiet room. That's just the way I recharge. Now, in terms of the intrapersonal reactions, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, both of us need the same amount of human interaction, but the depth and the breadth are the difference. Think of it as a puddle versus a well. See, an introvert likes their interactions to be a well. They like them to be compact and deep. They don't want a ton of people around, but they want very deep relationships. They want to have those deeper conversations, those non-superficial conversations. They don't want to talk about, well, what did you think of the game last night? Crazy weather we're having. They want to talk about what are your greatest fears? They want to talk about strategy. They want to talk about these big ideas that they can talk, that they could break down. Um, they like deep, deep conversations. Meanwhile, an extrovert likes a large amount of conversations. Think puddle. These conversations can be shallower, but they make it up in volume from the sense of speaking, having those shallow conversations with dozens or hundreds of people. They're still having the same human interaction in order to be comfortable, but one is a deeper level of a human interaction as opposed to a bunch of shallow interactions. So why do I mention this in Nature Nurture? Well, being an introvert or being an extrovert has been found more or less to be more about your nature than your nurture. We don't set out to raise introverts or extroverts. Well, we may set out to, but we usually fail. One of my favorite studies I ever read or heard about, I should say, I didn't read the whole study, was by a man by the name of Jerome Kagan from Harvard. He did a study where he found that you could predict whether a baby is going to grow up to be an introvert or an extrovert as early as four months four months old, you could figure out whether the baby is going to be introvert or extrovert. And it comes down to their reactivity. See, high reactive babies, um, babies who are a little more colicky, babies who start screaming every time there's a loud noise, baby who's overly jiggle and gyrate when you tickle them. These are high reactive babies. And by high reactive, you could almost interchange that with hypersensitive. These hypersensitive babies can't take these high levels of stimulation. They, they don't dislike the stimulation, but the high levels can be troubling. They'll start kicking more, they'll start crying more, they'll start all of those different things. Meanwhile, the extrovert babies tend to underreact or not react 
to the stimulus because they're comfortable in these loud situations, in these high stimulus situations. Um, my daughter Flynn is eight months old as of this week, in fact. She likes loud punk music. I'm willing to bet she's going to be an extrovert. So what does this have to do with nature nurture, whether you're going to be a great salesperson? Well, doesn't really mean what whether you're going to be a great salesperson or not. Both introverts and extroverts can be great at sales, but they lend themselves to different skill sets. See, an extrovert, because they're better at numerous shallower relationships, tend to do better in prospect-heavy uh, fields, telemarketing, door-to-door, -door, car sales, um, things that may be a little less, retail sales, things that may be a little less relationship-focused, but purely law of, like the law of numbers, like you talk to X number of people, you're going to get Y number of deals. That is very, very good for extroverts. Introverts are the other way around. They are very, very relationship focused. They are good at diving to the deep questions, uh, diving to the real pain point as opposed to following a somewhat superficial script. These introverts can be better at B2B sales. They can be better at long-term relationship sales, such as real estate. Doesn't matter nature, nurture. It matters what they're good at. So now let's talk about the second point, psychology, um, nature, nurture, listening, and empathy. Now, this can be impacted from very early childhood education, um, very early childhood development, let me say. Let's talk about abuse because I feel like that is the most drastic scenario that I could talk about. Let's say there is a child in a somewhat abusive relationship, uh, an abusive home. Um, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, maybe some beating, um, whether it's psychological or whether it's physical abuse. Let's just talk about those because it's the easiest to understand. If you grew up around traumatic people, you've probably started to learn as a survival mechanism the signs of that trauma, the signs of that person having too much. You could read the facial tics. You could read the self-soothing behavior of when somebody is getting close to that edge, getting ready to boil over. When you think about that, that can work very well in a sales scenario because you can spot those very trouble points, those pressure points that your customers are under. That can be the subject of, or the product of, I should say, your early childhood experiences. Now, what great salespeople do is they listen and they empathize. They study body movements. They see the signs before anyone else so shows them to them. They can see those landmines to avoid a lot further than people who don't have that history behind them. It's a lot easier to know what a punch to the face looks like after you've been punched in the face. 
once you start seeing your customer clam up a little bit, change their body language, start exhibiting that self-soothing behavior of crossing their arms, scratching their face, playing with their hair. These are self-soothing behaviors because something is making them uncomfortable. Growing up in a slightly more traumatic fashion, even though it's not purely nature nurture and it's not pure nature, it's probably outside of your control, but it can help make you a great salesperson because you're seeing potential landmines that other people aren't. The last point I want to talk to about in terms of uh, nature nurture is the ability to simplify complex ideas. Now, this is something that I believe is more or less 100% nature. And I'm going to give you a reason why. I want you to think about an apple. An apple. Um, now, most of you probably thought something slightly different when I mentioned think about an apple. Some of you thought of the taste. Some of you thought of the smell. Some of you thought of a story that involved apple picking with a favorite relative. Some of you pictured an apple that you, you, phys you actually visually pictured an apple. And even within that visual, there are people who have different levels of visualization. Some can picture that apple perfectly as if it's drawn by one of the greatest artists of our times. There are other people picturing that apple as if it was drawn by a five-month-old child. Um, there is a wide discrepancy in terms of what people see or hear in their head versus their ability to actually articulate it. Even within psychology, there are people um, who don't have an inner monologue. Don't have an inner monologue. There are people who can't see pictures in their head. They don't think spatially that way. Depending on your product, that may be the most important thing in the world. Um, you need to be able to articulate and explain how these things work. If you are selling a product that appeals spatially, you need to be able to explain spatial interactions. If you sell a product that is emotional, that affects, that ripples out, you need to explain that in a very simple way in order to get your client, your prospect to understand it but you may be at a disadvantage if that's not the way you think. I tend to think very much in terms of stories, in terms of space. I don't have very, the pictures in my head are not perfect. They're not, I can't remember every line, every dot. I don't think that crisply. I, I'm still seeing it on an old cathode tube TV in my head. I'm still watching in 480 up here. There are other people who have heads that see in 4K. It's different for everybody. But I know my ability to simplify it using stories, using words, using emotions far exceed what many people can explain even if they can see in 4K. It comes down to what your strength is, what you do. That is pretty much 100% based on your nature as opposed to your nurture. The brain you have is the brain you have. You're stuck with whatever you've got. Your job is to figure out how to use the brain you have, what its strengths are. Do you think visually? Do you think spatially? Do you think kinesthetically? 
and sell using those tools. The best salespeople I've known sell using stories, sell using emotion, learning how to use those, how to focus your brain on the limbic system as opposed to purely stats, numbers, um, measurements, being able to sell to those emotions, having the limbic system overdeveloped as opposed to your frontal lobe, parietal lobe, occipital lobe can help you in this field. So overall, nature versus no nurture, both. Um, nature plays a bigger role than most sales trainers give it credit for. But that doesn't make it insurmountable. Um, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Please take the time to like, subscribe, review. It really helps the channel out. And if you have uh, anything else, if you'd like to reach out to me, brokensalespeople.com slash connect. You could find me there. Um, if there's anything else I can do, just let me know. If there's any topics, feel free to that you'd like me to cover, reach out. Um, and until next time, go fix yourself. <laughs>